You are listening to the Survived to Thrive podcast with Amy Miller, a podcast for survivors of suicide loss. In this weekly podcast, you will learn more about your unique experiences and gain insights on your brain and how it processes grief and loss due to a loved one's suicide. While suicide grief comes in all shapes and sizes, Amy shows you that you still can have a life full of joy and fulfillment even though your loved one died. You don't have to just survive anymore. You can thrive. You are listening to the Survive to Thrive podcast with Amy Miller, episode number 44, Waves of Grief. Hey guys, how are you? How is everybody? It is the end of August. Can you believe it? I can't even believe it is the end of August. It's crazy to me. It has been record-breaking heat here. It's been 110 plus. I know this is normal for Arizona that we're supposed to be getting these really hot days, but in July, I think we had like over 30 days of 110 plus degrees. And yeah, man, sometimes you just wonder why you live here, but then the winter comes and then you remember. (laughs) So we play this dance every summer where it's just so hot, but I really do love Arizona for so many reasons. Anyways, I hope you're doing great. I hope you're having a fantastic week. So I got thinking about the topic we're going to discuss today, waves of grief. It is something that I feel like comes up with survivors of suicide loss and really anyone who has experienced a loss of someone significant in their lives, right? And these waves come and go and we feel them and then they're not so bad and then they come again. And I've been thinking a lot about it because I had somewhat of a recent wave come and hit me when I was at the grief uh, conference that I did a few weeks back and just listening to other survivors of suicide loss and the experiences that they've been experiencing And some of them were more fresh experiences. And when I was listening to the survivors of suicide loss who had a recent loss and they were expressing the pain and the experience of learning the news and how that was feeling for them, it reminded me of when I learned the news about my sister, it took me right back to all of that. And the pain that I was experiencing and the emotions that I was feeling and the thoughts that I were thinking. And I just felt this large wave of grief overcome me. And when I got thinking a lot about those waves, right, because my sister passed in 2017 and then this November, it'll be six years since she passed. And, and I can say after having that many years go by since her passing, I do see how those waves of grief that come spread further and further apart as time goes on. But I think it's really important to talk about these waves of grief because it is something that comes up. And and especially for those who are first experiencing a significant loss in their life and when they start to experience this waves of grief, I think it's really important to discuss and share our stories of what that looks like and how it felt in the beginning, because I think the 
newly grieved individuals out there need to see that, to know that this isn't forever and to give them a little bit of hope that they can get through this. And I've been thinking about this concept of waves of grief in the term because I just was interested to see if I could figure out where this terminology came from. Like where did the term waves of grief or that grief comes in waves originally originate from? And so of course I went to Google to see if I could find out more information, which usually is a pretty great resource that can tend to answer my questions pretty well. But in this case, not so much. I didn't really get a direct firm answer. What they did give me was there was an author who wrote a book and she was really great with her grief words. She wrote this book. It was a memoir in 2005 called The Year of Magical Thinking. And she used the word or the term that the grief comes in waves. And so I just thought it's pretty interesting because I don't know for sure if it originally came from her and I'm guessing probably not. It is something that we've been thinking about for quite a while that grief feels like these waves. But what's more important is to understand what they're talking about when they're saying waves of grief. So what they're really trying to describe is what it's like when you are out in the ocean in a ship and a big, large wave comes over you and just envelops your ship and just destroys it. And so your ship is completely wrecked. There's pieces of debris that's floating out in the open ocean. And this big storm is just relentless and creating these huge, large waves that keep crashing. And what they're trying to say is that when you are in the first initial phase of learning about your loss, this is what grief looks like. It feels like this great big wave crashing over you and creating a huge wreck, right? Just a huge mess. Just this chaotic scene where you'll have wreckage floating all around you. And in the meantime, you're just trying to grasp on something to float on and take a breath before the next wave comes. And these waves just keep coming and coming over and over. And some of them are taller and some of them are a little less tall, but regardless, they're destructive and they're hard to handle. And there's a big part of you that wonders if you're even going to survive all of these waves, right? But then they also say that grief over time, just a storm that comes through that creates this shipwreck in the first place will dissipate, right? It'll dissipate. It'll feel less intense. It won't be as destructive, right? And these waves that are coming won't be as quite as tall and they'll be less frequent. They won't be over and over. They'll be maybe once a week, you'll feel grief instead of every single hour of the day, right? And over time, it may le lessen more than that. Maybe you'll just feel the waves of grief when a big event happens, like an anniversary or a birthday or some sort of death anniversary, right? And, or maybe it'll just come once in a while, like in my experience, when talking about grief in that conference brought it up for me, right? There are fewer and fewer as time goes on and with less intensity 
And sometimes the intensity can be just as severe, right? And not last as long, right? So it's just really interesting how they equate this phrase of ways of grief to make you understand it a little bit more like in that example of a shipwreck, right? And so it really got me thinking about these huge waves of emotions and huge waves of thoughts that you're thinking and these huge waves of sadness and loneliness and fear and all of the things that come up with loss, right? Specifically loss due to suicide. So I really want to talk about that today. So, you know, when we're experiencing that initial phase of our loss and we are experiencing this intense, overwhelming, almost suffocating emotions, right? A lot of us feel like at the time when we're going through this experience, that it's relentless, right? That this is going to be your new life now and you just don't know how you're going to make it. But then over time, you're going to feel less intensity. The pain won't be as severe, right? And you're going to see, okay, you can breathe. You're going to get through. You're going to make it, right? And what I want to say about that is that I think it's really important to note that the intensity isn't going to be forever. So for example, I have a two-year-old son and in the beginning, because he's my third child and it wasn't my first time having a baby, I knew that those first few months were going to be really challenging to get through. I wasn't going to get much sleep. I was still recovering from childbirth. There's a lot of things that come with having a baby. That's a huge adjustment, not only for you, but for your entire family. And during the minutes and the days and the time that you're experiencing all of this, it feels a bit relentless and you're not sure how you're going to survive. But after you get to your third one, like I did, I realized, you know what, this is just a small phase and you're going to get through it. I feel like it's the kind of the same thing with grief, where in the beginning, you're going to just feel like it's relentless and you're not going to be able to get through. But the truth is you will and you can. Okay. And I think it's really important to say that because, and to remind ourselves of that, because sometimes it doesn't feel like it's going to be okay. It feels like it's not going to be okay a lot of the time. But I think if we remind ourselves that, yes, we're capable of getting through all of these emotions and these feelings that we're experiencing. The second thing I want to say about that is that a lot of times when we're experiencing these intense emotions, we don't want to. We don't want to deal with it. And so we spend a lot of time in resistance where we want to resist this overwhelming feeling. We want to resist this pain. So we'll do things like, for example, have some drinks or we'll binge watch some shows or we'll run to the refrigerator. Okay. Now I wouldn't, I am not one to say that this is a horrible coping mechanism. But I think it's really important to recognize that when we're doing those things, they always create a net negative. Okay. So for example, if you are feeling a lot of pain of grief and you're resisting that grief pain to the degree where say you're overeating, right? Say you're going to the refrigerator a lot. Maybe you're pulling out ice cream or pizza out of the freezer and heating that up or whatever it is. It doesn't really matter, but you're overeating, right? To help you to not feel 
the pain as intensely as you want, what happens to those emotions? Those emotions are still there, right? Those emotions are still very much alive. Okay. Maybe you've given yourself a little bit of a break from eating a pint of ice cream, but the emotions haven't gone anywhere. They're still there. Okay. Now you have your emotions that are still there that you haven't fixed or you haven't solved, but you've also added that net negative, right? You don't feel well. I know for me, if I eat a lot of ice cream, I don't feel well. I don't sleep very good. I, my stomach doesn't feel great, right? You won't feel you'll add that on top of the pain you're already experiencing. But yeah, it's so crazy to me because I think we tend to gravitate towards things like that simply because we feel like it's too intense for us to feel the emotions. Yet we're still having the emotions, but we're adding additional negative emotions, right? Negative feelings. It's so interesting to me, but I don't want you to say to yourself, okay, now I feel horrible because I just, I'm run into the fridge or I'm having too many drinks or I'm binge watching too much television or I'm Facebooking or I'm looking at porn or whatever it is that you're using to help you cope. I don't want you to feel bad about it. I just want you to understand why you're doing it. Okay. And the reason why we're doing it is because we feel like it's a way to put the pause button on, right? To give us a minute to help soften the blow of the big wave. And so I think it's important to note that. So you might be asking yourself, okay, what should I do then when these big waves come towards me? What should I be doing instead of trying to drown my feelings with a beer, right? Here's what I always suggest. I suggest to allow yourself to have the emotion, to give yourself permission to experience the emotion. It's so funny to me because we live in a world that really wants us to dismiss our feelings and dismiss our emotions, right? A few last Saturday, my daughter had her first mock meet for her cross country team. And there was this little boy. So in this mock meet, so my daughter's in junior high. So the junior hires were running, but they also allowed parents to race against them and children that were younger than them to race against them and high schoolers to run against them. And there was this five-year-old little boy who was running in this race. And it was just so cute because he finished and he did a great job, but then he was having a meltdown like five-year-olds do. And his dad said to him, you know, that he needed to stop crying because there's no crying in cross country. And I thought that was funny at the time because it's just, it's a saying that is said with baseball and not cross country. So it made me chuckle a little bit, but at the same time, it reminded me of how we don't like to hear other people express their emotions. We don't want people to feel sad. We don't want them to feel bad. We're always looking for fixes, right? We're always looking for ways to soften the negative emotions, right? And and we don't like when people that we care about are experiencing negative emotions. So we're trying to 
make them feel better. I remember when I was going through my grief and I would have some people come by and they say, you just need to get out of the house. They just wanted me to get out of the house because they were feeling like they didn't want me to feel all of those negative emotions. And they thought maybe if they got me out of the house, that would help me. But at the time, I really just needed to experience the negative emotions I was feeling. I needed to really just get them out and to just process what I was thinking, process what I was feeling, and just allow the emotions to be what they are. Okay. And so that's what I like to suggest for survivors of suicide loss to just allow the emotions to be and allow yourself to process them and allow yourself to feel them and just to let them be what they are because it's important. It's so important to be able to just lean into the feelings, to lean into the emotions and experience them for what they are. Because here's the truth. If we're constantly not allowing ourselves to feel emotions that are negative, let's just say there's was no such thing as negative emotions, that there was nothing terrible in our lives and everything was great and all was well and we only experienced joy and all of those things. Here's the truth. If we, if everything in life was like that, we would not understand the opposite of that. We wouldn't understand how amazing joy would be if we didn't understand what despair was. We wouldn't understand what happiness is if we didn't experience sadness, right? There's such power in understanding the polar opposite emotion. And there would be no way for us to appreciate it as much as we would. We wouldn't be able to appreciate the feelings of happiness and joy if we didn't understand despair and sadness. Okay. So to finish this episode, I just want to say to you all that if you're experiencing these waves of grief, if you're dealing with these waves of grief right now, and maybe they're pretty intense right now, just remember, okay, number one, they the intensity and the severity and the length and the frequency is going to lessen. And I think it's important that you know that because you'll be able to get through it. Okay. The second thing is Having those emotions that you're feeling are completely natural and normal and important to feel. You need to feel negative emotions. And the third thing I suggest is give yourself permission and allow yourself to experience them fully. Allow them to be what they are. Okay. Now, if you need to take a break here and there, I totally get it. Totally understand. But just understand that feeling and processing emotions is actually really good for you. So offer yourself permission. All right, friends, that's it. So I hope you have a great week. Until next time, I will see you then. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Survived to Thrive podcast. If you like this podcast, please share with your friends and write a review on iTunes. 
Also, check out survived-to-thrive.com for more information and to subscribe to get the podcast's latest episode, along with useful tips you can begin to use immediately to feel better, directly sent to your inbox. 